Good day to you all. Welcome to Generation Tech, the podcast where the two people from two different generations talk about today's tech. Such as it is, this is usually not a high-tech traffic time of year. Boy, that's hard to say. Good morning. How are you today, Dad? Uh, morning as we record, anyway. You might be listening to this in the middle of the night, for all we know. But uh, how you doing? Just doing fine. Are yeah. we live, too? We're live. Ah, we're, we're live. live. Yeah, I go through that whole little spiel, and, and people can listen to us streaming if you happen to be streaming. I, you know, I, I tend to not tell people that, but if you go to shackoutback.studio, um, you can listen to the live stream of any of our shows. Uh, so when we're recording, you get the live and unedited version. Um, not that I do a ton of editing, but you know, every once in a while we go off on a weird tangent. And I go, yeah, that doesn't need to be in the show. But uh, not too often. <laughs> For the most part, what we, re- <laughs> what we say is what goes down. So, um, yeah. yeah, you know, editing yep. takes takes time and effort to edit properly, and uh, I'm too lazy for all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, editing's a tedious task. Yeah, I say that. I actually, some of the shows I go and edit, and I've had some shows where we've recorded, and we get some, you know, unexpected buzz or hum and something, so I go put a filter in there and see if I can knock it out least knock it down yeah. so it's not annoying that kind of thing uh amongst our many shows our many 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 shows for those of you who don't know we do have other podcasts on the shack outback network again you can go to shackoutback.studio to see the different shows and listen to them there you can also subscribe or download them in your favorite podcast player or on spotify this is generation tech we also have two minute tech which is literally a two minute podcast that comes out three times a week and it's just Hints and tips on how to use your technology better. Uh, Two for Brew is a uh, a travel around the Southern California area, listening or, or tasting um, uh, beers from local brewers and talking about those and what they do. So um, we've got a few others as well that are just sort of in the in the nascent stages, but you can check them all out at uh, shackoutback.studio. So tech. Um, Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You found a few things out there. Let's see. You know, it is funny. I mentioned it's kind of a dearth. This is a quiet time in tech, right? It's like usually early in the fall. That's when Apple and all the phone manufacturers are introducing their newest things. Uh, very often, some new laptops and stuff are are brought out in the fall. Usually because school is starting up in the fall, and as you get past that and sort of you know into the black friday slash christmas all the new stuff's been introduced now they just want to sell it to you and right. uh and so most of the conversations about tech are about things that are rumored or or um you know that there's analysts have seen something in the pipeline that they think indicates this or that or the other and right now uh the ming chi kuo who is a uh an analyst in china who is got his finger on the pulse of the production lines and so he gets a pretty good idea of what's being either produced or they're doing test runs of things so that they can kind of see how they're going to produce them you know because that's a big piece of it not only after you design it and know what you want to do you've got to go through how do we get a a production line ramped up to make this thing and uh uh he 
says that we should see augmented reality headset in the fourth quarter of 2022, and uh, and that that then will be followed by uh, Apple's AR glasses. Um, and he doesn't really give a specific date on the AR glasses. So the headset, which is rumored to be sort of similar but maybe smaller and a little more compact than the um, um, uh, like headsets that are out there now, uh, is expected to be a year from now. And apparently it'll have cameras on the front end so that when you put it on, even though there's no glass there, it'll seem like you're wearing glasses from, from your perspective. From the perspective of people walking around, it'll seem like you're a dork, but but <laughs> but uh, but you'll walk around thinking you're cool, um, you know, because it's like got black. If you like black glasses, so dark nobody can see your eyeballs. Right? Yeah, and a strap this, around your head like a ski mask. Yeah, this, this is uh, this is black glasses and spades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is um, bizarro. Although it's funny, they they do show a concept drawing of what Apple glasses could look like, and if that's the way they look, I'm not sure that's a big step up. <laughs> yeah, their well, actual glasses um, look a little um, '70s mod to me. But again, this is a concept drawing by somebody who's not at Apple, so you know who knows what they're going to look like. Well, anyway, getting on to the substance of the article, I have to disagree with Ming-Chi Ku a bit. I don't know how technical a guy is, but it seems inconsistent to me to talk about uh, a chip similar to M1 processor found in MacBooks plus a second processor to handle third sensor-related computing. I don't believe that for a minute. Mm -hmm. When you got glasses, you really have limited space. Right. <laughs> They, they want to do it all on one chip. That's just the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, and my guess is that chip is probably going to be a souped-up version of the watch chip because it's going to, again, space. They want really small, excuse me, and very, and very um, you know, minimal battery drain. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting to think. These are glasses that are for AR, mm -hmm. okay? But yeah. you can just see through them uh, because ARs, implies that you can see them like regular vision through any set of glasses right however uh, they augmented over, reality overlay. is what that stands for for people don't, who don't know ar augmented reality meaning that the glasses are just glasses but then they project things onto what you're seeing so you see the world around you just fine like you would with any pair of glasses but then they can place things in that field of vision that aren't really there they can add virtual reality things into the real reality yeah. Now, uh, that, that to me implies, at least with this guy, says, I don't know how they come up with a number like a billion pairs of these things. Uh, yeah. Maybe a worldwide market. But the first issue to uh, everybody who wears glasses, are they going to allow you to uh, or are they they're going to make prescription? You know, you send in your glasses prescription so that yeah. these are prescription glasses. Uh, uh, another uh <clears throat> interesting thing about market is is that people say why in the hell would i want some ar to come intruding on my glasses so there would have to be a way uh, unless you enabled them to be normal glasses yeah shut it off you're not you're not going to leave those suckers on but yeah you can't be driving down the road and have something suddenly pop up at a critical moment now you can't see because this artificial thing popped up is. in front of you yeah yeah 
So, yeah, I, I would guess that that, that you know that those kind of safe safe uh, protocols will be in there. You know, so like if you're driving, you know, there'll be like limited peripheral directions that can pop up. You know, you'll see a green line going down the sidewalk or down the freeway, and that you know follow the green or you know follow the yellow brick road if you want that instead. Yeah. But it'll it'll be something like that. And, and in fact, uh, you know, that if you if you don't know that they, that they know that you're driving, uh, put your carry your phone with you when you you go. They they know as soon as the car starts moving that you're not walking that fast. Right. You know? <laughs> well, the presumption is that this is going to replace phones. That most people will use this instead of phones. There'll be yeah. speakers there at your temple or your ear so that you'll be able to hear what's going on. And you know, you'll put your glasses on in the morning and. You're, you know, then logged into the to the internet that way. Um, this yeah. actually ties into um, what Facebook has been talking about too. You know, when they rename themselves Meta, is that this is a a um, uh, a blending of a virtual reality world into the current reality world or the real reality world. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know how do you refer to to real. I guess to reality when you're saying the virtual reality versus reality reality. Um, and, uh, you know, the idea is, is that, you know, you'll be able to not only have like directions pop up just virtually in front of you, drawing lines where to go and how to get places with estimated times of arrival and things like that. But you'll also be able to walk up to other people who are wearing their glasses and you'll be able to like have information about them pop up into your screen when you're looking at them so that you can never forget a name. Uh, which I would find incredibly helpful, but, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> um, you know, and, and possibly even doing facial recognition so that, you know, you don't even, they don't even have to be wearing glasses. You can then get information about, Hey, you know, remember here's, here's what we talked about last time we saw you, here's your name, here's the name of your spouse and kids, you know, that kind of thing so that you can, uh, and, and here comes a guy on the most wanted list, right? Yeah. <laughs> duck and cover buddy yeah yeah well i was just thinking you know so it's so everybody's going to seem like they're much more interested in each other because they're uh you know they're remembering all this wonderful information about everybody like oh you remember and i'm like eh, no not really and of course then everybody's going to know that and become incredibly jaded right yeah <laughs> it's like yeah i know <laughs> you can read that yes my spouse's name was matilda you know <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, it uh, offers a lot of possibilities, but I think that alone, some of, some of those possibilities are going to cause people to say, no, nah, I'll pass on that. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I kind of really don't have any confidence in the billion pairs, uh, you know, could sell maybe right. after 20 years. You know, I don't know what time they don't specify time. Oh, it yeah. says over the next 10 years here. Yeah, you know, the difference between Apple's vision and doing this and Facebook's vision is in Apple's vision, you have these beautiful lines drawing down the road to help you get where you want to go and information about people. And in Facebook's version, there's virtual signage in the peripheral of your vision all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Billboards that aren't really there advertising to you as you drive down the freeway. That's right. Those those crazy billboards that really aren't there. (laughs) Yeah, that's the difference right there. That's why Mark Zuckerberg got so excited about it. Now we know. He's like, hey, I can put signs that don't even exist into your world. Man, how could I sell that? Yeah, well, (laughs) 
if if you're buying your glasses from Apple, you'll you'll see no no billboards on the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even real ones. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if though, just like you know, HTML kind of made the internet what it is today, right? I mean, we've got a graphical interactive internet because of HTML. That they don't expand that or create some new standard that will be, um, you know, vhtml, and so everybody's virtual gear will all basically talk together, so that you can basically go into any part of the internet or, you know, of course, when you use apps, right? Like you know, you, the the Google will have their map app that's virtual for that, right? And draw its lines, as will probably Facebook, as will Apple. And so, uh, you know, then you get to pick which one you want, and the one that's less annoying is the one you use. But you know what I mean? There'll be there'll be enticements to use the uh, the one that plasters yeah. virtual ads around you because that's what they're doing now, right? So they're not going to change right. their 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 you know, the, the core of who they are and how they make money. So, yeah, but it, it seems that doesn't it seem like there should be, there'll, there'll be a standard right on, on augmented slash AR versus VR slash, you know, headsets, a way to talk to those things that everybody's going to say, okay, let's just sort of settle in on this. Just like HTML five sort of became oh. the, the most recent, yeah. You know. you're, you're saying you think maybe there'll be a little network or something between the devices? No, what I'm saying is is that the, the they're going to be Internet-connected devices, right? They're going to pull down information for mapping and things like that and, yeah. and, and information about, you know, each other and things like that. But that they um, that there's going to be a standard language for, for communicating to AR and VR glasses that you know, you'll be able to, it'll be brand agnostic. So, you know, you can buy your glasses from Apple or Sony or just like right now, I can go get a browser and, and, and a, or a computer and browse the internet. And I don't have, to, I don't get an, an Apple internet and a, and a Windows internet and a Chromebook internet. I get an internet that all three of those things can access and, and go through. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, It'd be interesting to see how those guys are going to want to cooperate on that. Right. I mean, initially, you're probably on your glasses going to have the option of pulling up a virtual screen in front of you and a browser and looking at it that way, right? But I imagine over time that's going to develop into more three-dimensional space because it's a virtual space. So why are you dealing with this two-dimensional world of the Internet? Why won't the Internet become more three-dimensional? And if they do that, it's going to be an expansion of you know, HTML or, or something replacing HTML for, for the virtual world is all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you'll be, you'll be trying that they, they want to introduce you to the three dimensional world. Right. Pseudo three dimensional world. Yeah. And then we'll all get, get sick and nauseous because you know, the, we'll be moving through the virtual space, but our body's not really moving. And so we'll all basically get seasick and, There'll be people throwing up, <laughs> throwing up in the streets. <laughs> Something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, you know, the, we'll see what happens when Apple suppo- re- releases this supposed, or if Apple releases the supposed um, headset that's supposed to be out a year from now and what that actually is and what, it cap- what its capability is. At this point, I'm not at all interested. Um, 
you know, they're well, talking that, about that there are being a price. I mean, there's been some rumors that there's a price point of like three thousand dollars for this thing, and it's like at that price point, I, it, you know, unless unless it, uh, you know, allows me to to win at sports betting, I don't understand why I would spend three thousand dollars on that. But uh, well, uh, that's that's going to be for the high end gamers, first of all. Yeah, except that that they've already had a whole bunch of headsets and they've kind of been a flop in the gaming world. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've yeah. had some, they've had thousand dollar and more headsets, uh, for 3d gaming. And for the most part, most gamers have tried them, bought them and then set them in a box because they're just, it's not how they want to, they want to interact with the games. Now that might be more the fault of the, the software, the games or the way you yeah. interact than it is the actual, technology but so far there's not been anything that seemed appealing for gamers for the long run there haven't well, been any huge hits that gamers go like yes i've got to go get my vr goggles so i can play this game you see that's why in my mind as soon as i mention computer power right you're usually you usually do that for gamers okay that's the code word yeah and and that's what this article is all about computer computer level power mac level power yeah. Power, power, power. In other words, they they really want to take the gaming world away from some of the other vendors at this point, is the way I see it. That, yeah. that this is leveraging the advantage of their M1 chip and reputation they have there. So that is extremely important to gamers. And that's it the is, right but people I, to go to. I know? think also part of it is is that any of these kinds of things, in order for them to work, uh, have to have real high resolution screens which requires pretty good computing power to drive, as well as, you know, no glitching. I mean, it's got to be smooth, and, and, you know, when you turn your head around, everything around you has to to scroll smoothly right and left, you know, as you turn your head up and down and right and left, because that's part of the, you know, the enriched environment that's created through these things. And if you can't do that, then, you know, the way that they do it traditionally is, well, we'll just go with lower resolution imagery and you go low resolution imagery and then it's much less immersive. Yeah. So, you know, but even though I I, I don't think uh, that the the VR experience, the virtual reality experience has been a success at all in gaming um, from what I've seen. And I mean, there's, you know, little pockets of people who say, oh, they like it. But for the most part, uh-huh. it is the mass of the gamers don't do anything in VR, um, you know, and, well, and virtually they, all of them have tried it. They just didn't like it. Well, you, know? you really should talk about AR with gaming. It's all artificial. Well, A doesn't stand for artificial. It stands for augmented. Augmented? Yes. Oh. VR is I, virtual reality. Augmented reality is the overlay on top of the world around you. And there's been one game that's been successful in the AR world that might be nicer in a in a sense with goggles or glasses, and that was Pokemon Go, where you go out on a walk, and and the and you know right now you have to hold up your phone to see them, but there's little Pokemon and you go collecting these things. So basically, it's like a, a virtual, it's like a hunt basically. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, and you. Well, pull, I, I, well, being a, a shotgun skate shooter, I would think that'd be fun to do in, indoors, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can think of uh, things like that that would, would entice some uh, pretty good-sized group of people, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I know the the Pokemon Go game for a while, they were talking about it as the first time that we've been able to get gamers to go outside. So, because you have to walk <laughs> around and, and, and they would literally, literally do meetups. They would, like, you know, post within the app that, like, hey, at this location in your area, there's going to be uh, several of these, like, special Pokemon that you can only get on this date at this spot. So you have to go there to go get them. And so people would, you'll see people standing on the corner at a park, you know, and you're like, what are they doing? (laughs) Holding up their phones and they're all out there playing Pokemon Go. It was quite a phenomenon when it was, uh, phenomenon when it was first, uh, you know, first launched. But um, they tried to launch a Harry Potter themed version of that game and it bombed. And in fact, they just announced that they're shutting the servers down here um, recently. So, you know, one game does not mean let's go spend billions of dollars inventing something so they've got to i think it's got to be more than just gaming i think if they're looking at gaming then they're um it's a it's a crapshoot because it's it's hard to predict you know which game is going to catch fire um uh you know although that said you know it's hard to predict which tv shows are going to catch fire too and they've spent billions of dollars you know getting tv shows going so apple certainly got the money to spend to to figure it out but you know, I think the payoff's not big enough. I think they're thinking it's got to be more than just gaming. It's got to be something that, you know, you and I would want and others would want, and that at some point, eventually, it's going to be something, a, a technology that leads to the next big thing after everybody carrying around a phone, mm. you know? And I think I think initially, it's going to be a peripheral to the phone, just like the watch is right now. But with each successive generation, the the watch is becoming less and less reliant on the phone to do anything. And right. I think that's them developing the technology that's going to have to go into the glasses is, you know, making them independent and eventually a replacement for the phone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because the watch, I mean, initially the watch did nothing without the phone and, and now it's, it's, pretty standalone and if you get the one that has cellular connectivity it's you know you can even take calls and stuff you can leave your phone at home if you wanted to the downside is if you do that too much your batteries go kaput well batteries getting better all the time too right right and you know they're working that end of it i mean they're working you know they, they again apple has enough money to have you know full teams of of people working on each of the problems you know whether it be the you know the chemical electrical issues of of batteries or the the content issues the interface issues you know they're working all of it um you know it's one of those things where it would be just like my better than going to disneyland would be you know getting a a uh a tour of their uh their their uh you know what used to be Johnny Ives' secret enclave, right? The their design area. The, what what are the cool things you guys are putting together and working on? That would just be so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, let, let let me give you one of to me major hits somewhere in the future, and I don't think it's too far off when you talk glasses. And to me, that's the uh, three dimensional view that you get with uh, the viewer view what they call them, the uh, Viewmaster? Oh, right, yeah, Remember we talked about we, Viewmasters, right? Yeah, I don't think we have on this show, have we? Yes, we talked oh, extensively we about Viewmasters. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, anyway, here mm-hmm. you have now, uh, finally, a digital Viewmaster, if you will. Right. You know, and so you can go look at some beautifully scenic places, just mm-hmm. like we ha- we have the very nice uh, 
master artworks on our televisions today. Right, Todd? Right. Yeah. Uh, so instead of artworks, you can just have people go out to the most scenic parts of the world and you get to see them in three dimensional. Like, yeah. I would love to be able to switch on my glasses and watch the seven falls. I, you know, yeah. I'd watch, I'd watch them for at least 15 minutes and then yeah. before I moved on to the Statue of Liberty or something, you know, well, I, you're, you're <laughs> absolutely right. And what they'll do. And in fact, my guess is, is that these glasses and or these, this headset is going to have cameras on them. Obviously they're going to have cameras, but it, it, you know, they'll put cameras that are, uh, you know, basically lined up over where your eyes are, so that they'll be able to shoot in in uh, video yeah. and 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 still f- pictures in uh, you know stereoscopic images. You know, with the separation right. equal to that of your eyes, so it'll look it'll look very realistic, right? Because you're going to have that sense of three dimensions that you wouldn't have otherwise. So yeah, just think of, just think about the possibilities of the instead of a YouTube, it's a 3D tube. You know, yeah. whatever they want to call it. And uh, it's just a whole new world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. I think that kind of thing will happen. And, in fact, you know, for a while there, and it didn't catch on, I liked it a lot. And I've got maybe a dozen of the 3D movies on DVD. Yeah. And, and I've got a TV that you had to wear glasses on, the little LCD shutters on your glasses so you could watch in 3D. I, I got and, one of them. Yeah. And I actually loved it. I loved it. But it never caught on. I thought the 3D thing was very cool, and in fact, you you know you you'd be hard pressed to buy a 3D TV now because they're just they fell out of out of uh, favor. They didn't. It wasn't a selling point for televisions for some reason. Well, but, there wasn't enough wasn't enough material, you know. I disagree. I I disagree. Almost every movie made for a couple years was available both in in uh, regular t- and in 3D. And in fact, um, uh, of course, this is when you were buying DVDs. Now that we've switched to mostly streaming, but when you were buying DVDs, I remember going to Best Buy and they had a whole section, a whole that was nothing but 3D movies, and it was all the most recent movies as well as lots of classics that had been mastered for 3D, and mm. and it was widely available. Uh, it just didn't catch on. It was people weren't willing to to buy a television and glasses. For 3D, if they could get a cheaper television and, uh, with no glasses, without 3D, and so it was it was price driven and not featured. It wasn't a feature that was sticky enough to get people to pay extra for. And of course, TV manufacturers are always looking for whatever that feature is, right, to get you to pay a few extra bucks. Um, right. And and you know, I was disappointed, but I think that you know, when we get uh, goggles like this. Then you're going to start seeing people like Apple say, well, you know, we're going to have the option of streaming stuff in 3D because, you know, why just put a virtual screen in front of you? Why not make it more immersive? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, just like they've gone back and started mastering all of their music in Dolby Atmos 3D, right? 3D sound. They're going to say, well, now we're going to pair that with 3D. And in fact, I would suspect that's probably a test for them to say, you know, how hard is it to go back and, and start, you know, remastering a library and getting things set up to do that in 3D? Because now that we've got 3D sound, we're going to add 3D vision to it. Well, they might yeah. start doing it on their uh, on their TV Plus uh, channels, you know, provide Sure, yeah, mid- but you have to have a TV that's capable of doing the 3D thing, too. Right. Um, you know, you have to have, have some... 
a, keep, a TV capable of displaying it. I don't know specifically, other than like refresh rate, what that would be doing though, because they're, you know, they're basically bouncing back and forth. Oh, I know what it is. It was the just the communications to work with a um, to signal with some glasses. So any TV could do it if the signal is coming through your Apple TV, because the Apple TV could then coordinate with a pair of glasses to right. to do your shutters right and left. You know, because they're basically, uh, you know. What, 60 right. times, as most TVs refresh at 60 hertz, so 60 times a second, it's refreshing. And if if they're alternating back and forth, so you're essentially getting the equivalent of 30 hertz a second, um, which would work okay except for, like, live sports, but most movies and stuff wouldn't be too bad. Um, you're yeah. bouncing back and forth from right eye to left eye, basically, and your glasses are synchronized with that so that you're just seeing things in 3d what it wants you to see right right yeah <laughs> so they could do that if they were to they'd have to have a new apple tv with that that uh communication it to the glasses and then they would have to sell glasses and those yep. glasses would be different than their ar or their glasses or headset yeah yeah i'm wondering if this headset is the long-awaited apple tv apple tv t- apple maybe looked at it and said wait a minute a tv is not the way to do this the way to do this is to build a headset That'll be your TV because then you can make the screen as big as you want. You can do 3D perfectly. You don't have to have any special stuff, and right. you can take it with you whenever you wherever you're at. You can you can watch, you know, and, a, a and 200 first, inch t- television and that, set. And, and that's why they didn't get into the TV business back then because they had this in mind, right? Probably, yeah. They're like, wait a minute, why build a TV that everybody else is building? Let's build a, a virtual TV that does a lot more, and is better. Right. You know, yeah, and it has to be integrated though with sound. See, I don't see any sound stuff on here. Yeah, well, again, this is an artist's rendering, not an artist from <laughs> Apple. You know, it's some right. some dude right. uh, or woman, <laughs> dude being generic <laughs> for human being. Um, you know, making a fairly rough drawing of what a headset would look like. I mean, this basically looks like ski goggles. So, you know. Yeah. Um, my guess I was is Apple. Something he found in Kmart, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, literally, you could buy a, a ski mask that looks just like that. So, uh, although this one does have a virtual button on one side, so there you go. Um, but uh, you know, I think that um, that's a very good possibility. Is that they're maybe not the goggles? They're not looking at as a um, you know they're using it as a test bed for technology that will go into glasses. But that it is basically a an Apple three three uh, D TV um, or wow. virtual TV, and that's what they're building towards. And that's a much bigger audience than gamers. That makes more sense to me because then they would say, yeah. "Well, you know, it's a television set. That's prime. Yep. That's its primary thing. Is it's it's a great way to watch television. You know, yeah. and because right now, if you don't want to watch what your partner in in life wants to watch. Uh, you gotta get pick up your uh, iPad or something and put on your earplugs and whatever. Yeah. Uh, Been there, so done you that. Isolate yourself, right? Yeah, I've done that. Sat there yeah. while she's watching something I don't care to watch. So, so now you can buy your wife a set of goggles. Oh yeah, <laughs> like like I bought her the big screen TV that I was going to use for sports games that I never ever get to watch. <laughs> That's for parties, Todd. Yeah, party. I, I get relegated. <laughs> well, not then. She We put on art then. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when we have people over. No, I want to watch sports games. I get relegated to the bedroom of my office. 
yeah. was like, but I bought this big TV. No, we made a deal. And, and I, when I pointed that out to her, she kind of felt a little bad about it. And so we, it's like, um, you know, when, when, when my, my football team, when the Packers are playing, uh, if I want, I can go in and watch the game there. Um, but frankly, yeah. you know, I don't mind watching it in my office or in the bedroom. I, I don't, you know, it's, it, I like teasing her about it, but, but every yeah. once in a while I do want to sit and watch the big screen. And so, you know, I don't, I don't push it too much because she sits in the, in the living room there where it is most of the time. So, yeah, well, anyway, uh, and we can kind of make a transition here by saying, uh, Apple glasses is just kind of only one of other several other things that that uh, are on the horizon for speculators and uh the other one sort of keeps popping up lately is the apple car yeah and uh so uh one guy says here it's going to be uh a big delay which is not really any news if you've been around apple for a long time or for both of those devices well and anytime you anytime you introduce a new technology, you have to get all of the you know like federal licensing and stuff, and so you have to announce it while you're getting all that stuff because otherwise, what'll happen is you know there's people who watch that. It's public documents when you start asking for you know, uh, yeah, you know uh, what was it the uh, federal transportation licensing. administration licensing and and the yeah. uh, you know the federal communications commission licensing for radios and stuff and new devices people watch that because it's all public and so if apple starts doing that before they've announced the product people are going to know what's coming and so apple likes to control the narrative so they'll absolutely announce it and then wait for quite a while before they they, you know it's actually released because they got to go through that whole process right i mean that's honestly it's it's like, yeah, duh. Of course, it's going to take them a while. Yeah. Yeah, especially for the car, as they point out, because that's uh, that's got so much, so yeah. many observables, if you will. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, they they obviously, yeah, they have to talk. You know, they, they cars require crash tests, and they require, and that's the thing too for Apple from their perspective is like, you know, when they're when they're when they have to go and do crash tests, and that information is publicly available. Um, you know, people then know what the car kind of looks like, right? It's hard to keep that secret. So right. they just they just need to do an announcement and say, here it is, this is it. Ta-da, it's going to be wonderful and you can have it, you know, in nine months or yeah. next year or whenever. You know, they point out the original iPhone was in, uh, announced in uh, January, January 9th of 2007 and released in June of 2007. So it was, you know, 171 days, about six months. The original iPad was announced in January and released in April. That was 66 days. But that was basically just a big version of the phone, so it didn't take as long. The Apple Watch was introduced September 9th, 2014, and released in April of 2015, 227 days. Um, I'm not sure why that one took as, you know, so long. But again, there's just a lot of, of, you know, legal red tape. Um, I think that one was probably took long because not only was the communication F- FCC involved, but probably the FDA because there were some health monitoring things. And so they have to make sure that it's not a, quote, health device, right, that the FDA right. has to look at it and say, well, you know, yes, just because you're checking heart rates, you're probably OK. But, you know, if you want to check blood pressure or you want to check something else, you know, I have a, uh, a smart scale from a company called Withings. And when I bought it they did something called your pulse wave 
um, uh, measurement. And so when you stood on it, it had multiple sensors on, uh, that were pushed up against your feet, and it would tell you the strength of the pulse wave from one heartbeat to the next and how, how much blood. It basically is, is like how much blood is moving through your foot. And that's an indication of whether or not you have um, you know, clogged arteries. And so they released it, and then they had to turn off that function about a year later because the U.S. Food and Drug Administration said, no, that's something for health products, and you're not certified as a health product, or a, uh, a medical device, rather. That's something that's certified for medical devices. You're not allowed to do that. And for a couple years, it was gone, and then they came back with something that they now call your, um, what is it, your, your cardiovascular age and it's calcul—it's just a, a made-up number uh, that is calculated using that pulse wave information. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so they had to obfuscate the actual like measurement because they were told they're not allowed to give you that measurement, which is stupid because you've got a device that's there. And you know, it's—I don't know that anybody's making any medical decisions based on stepping on their scale, other than I'm too fat. But uh, uh, you know. I was frustrated because I bought a scale that did something that other scales didn't do, and then they were forced to take it away from me because of legal issues and getting things certified. Yeah, I got. I think I got one of those first scales too because it had little metal pads on there where it, where it touched your feet and toes. Yeah, well, it's not this one. Uh, there, there's a whole bunch of them that use the uh, electronics to get, to tell you your percentage of fat and your percent, and that stuff apparently is okay. But specifically, this pulse wave thing was a no-no. And apparently, if you bought the thing and you use it in Europe, then you're you're okay, and they still tell you the pulse wave. But here, they ha- they came up with some pseudo number to tell you that your your uh, your cardiovascular age, and if the age matches your actual age, then you're considered okay or younger. Well, the, br- the the bribe was higher in this country, Todd. Probably, <laughs> you know. I noticed uh, that uh, it it. I'll- it it uh, it sat through a couple presidents, and finally, when the Biden administration got in, they were able to make this fake thing. I'm sure they were trying to figure out like how do we use this number that'll get past the the dang agency, and they finally just made up this number and just said, okay, well here's this number, and and they you know it's like okay, if you step on the thing and you're 40 and it says you've got a cardiovascular age of 50, then you're in trouble. But if it's you know the other way around, you're cool. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, uh, it uh, one of these articles. Let me see which one it was. Well, darn, I can't get that to go now. So Morgan Stanley says that uh, the uh, that the um, say that this could be the ultimate EV, basically. That this is the the Apple's going to do it the right way. Uh, be interesting to see what kind of takes they have that maybe hasn't been done by the other 7,000 vehicle make manufacturers who are now going to electronic. Or, or you know, I mean, there's there's fully electric, you know, Aptiv, Borg, Warner, Auto Nation, Carvana, Fisker, QuantumScape, Ferrari, Lucid Group, Avis, Budget, and uh, and General Motors are all doing, you know, autonomous electric cars. That's they've all announced it. So yeah, of course Apple yeah. hasn't announced anything, but but well anyway, I I I uh, was attracted by this article mostly from uh, uh, Mac Daily News take on it, and that is 
uh, how clean is a shared car is their lead question. You know, it's like mm-hmm. as clean as public transport, right? Has it been detailed, defungated, or whatever between each ride and all of this? He says, mm-hmm. no, thanks. I'm not getting in one of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a rolling car. Petri dish, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Unless they built, well, you know what they do is they build in, instead of having gas tanks, they've got tanks of disinfectant. And after you get out, it like sprays the whole car down. <laughs> yeah. And it's not fit for human human uh, uh, entrance for, for the first like uh, three minutes until it like sits in there, kills off the viruses, and then gets all, gets all uh, the air gets all pumped out and cycled back out. So... But it's got to be a biodegradable disinfectant, right? Because you don't want to be pumping that stuff out into the, your fumigation stuff out into the. You might just get ble- you might just get bleached by sitting on the chair, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that's what you want. Get, get out and have this white. Every everybody's out comes out of the right? car wearing bright white apple apple s <laughs> clothes. You know that's how Apple takes over. Is everybody wears white? Yeah. Yeah. But you've been disinfected, so you're all right. Yeah. <laughs> now, anyway. what they get real tricky is if they know how to, like, while you do that, also spray an Apple logo on your back, right? They bleach your clothes out, and then as you get out, you yeah. don't know it, but you've got now an Apple logo on your back. Everybody, <laughs> everybody knows yeah. which car you've been riding in. And, and Apple says, no, we're not in that advertising business. <laughs> yeah, just advertising. Yeah, we don't advertise anybody else. We just advertise us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, that'd be funny. What, what I thought I was, what, well, so I kind of, I think we've covered the cars. I, what I was the, looking for when I was kind of flustered earlier is the one regarding the driver's license port. Oh, right. You know, which you're supposed to come to. And it's got, and because it's got this statement in here that uh, Apple has, uh, uh, just, I mean, find the statement yeah well for those who were wanting they were talking about the next version of ios 15.2 was supposed to have uh the ability to add an an electronic version of your driver's license into your apple wallet and that there had been i think six states that had signed on saying that they were going to do that and that that would be acceptable so that when you're driving down the road if you've left your wallet at home or your driver's license phone as long as you have your phone you've got your driver's license with you and if you get pulled over or asked for id that that then is an official id um you know and i don't know i don't think north carolina where you're at nor uh, uh california where i'm at was one of the states that had signed on it was sort of like some of those middle of the country states, um, I think Iowa was one of them, or something like that. But uh, anyway, apparently it's been put off. Oh, here it is: yeah, Arizona and Georgia would, were supposed to be the first, with Connecticut, Iowa, Kentucky, Maryland, and Oklahoma and Utah following. Yeah. Well, anyway, under under MDN's take on this article, he says the agreement obtained through public record requests from CNBC and other sources shows that Apple maintains a high degree of control over the government agencies responsible for issuing ID cards with sole discretion for key aspects of the program. Now, if that doesn't get somebody's attention... Well, you know, I think that's miswritten. They don't have any control over the government agencies. They, have, they certainly have control over who they will and won't work with and what will and won't work on their devices. They're not going to let the government agency dictate to them how it's going to work on their device. Yeah. You know, although I think that it's, it's, it's gotta be a give and take because you know, the, the government agencies also don't want it to be real easy to like 
clone somebody's ID and put it onto your device, right? So they want assurances that that there's not like you know, I mean, because that would be like perfect digital cloning would be uh, a right. nightmare, you know. <laughs> Kids trying to get fake IDs. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, it it says that, and I said, wait a minute. <laughs> what what are they they're talking about? But in the context of this, uh, just putting the, the license on, yeah, Apple has to control a lot of that. And the question is whether the government wants to sign up for that kind of control. You know? Yeah. Well, and this is I, I, I think this is kind of dumb, too. I mean, they're, they're complaining that uh, or it sounds like they're complaining anyway, that Apple is going to, quote, stick states with the cost, a portion of the cost for the digital IDs in the wallet. What they're saying is, is that the, the, the state has to maintain a database of what those IDs are. You know, it's not Apple's responsibility. It's the state's issued ID. And if they would like it to be available in a digital format, then it's sort of up to them to maintain that database that Apple will then access. And Apple put together the criteria for what that database needs to be. And, you know, but... I, I don't know. I yeah. think this is a, a, a non-issue that they're trying to make an issue out of. It seems well, like it seems well, like I, the states would want that anyway. They wouldn't want to just say, okay, here you go, Apple. You go handle everything. They're going to want to absolutely control who it is and is not in the database. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I, I would suspect I, that every time you launch the app, it's probably going to ping the database managed by the state to verify that this is a legitimate version of credentials rather than you know, just a a, a uh, photo image and, of, of them so that they would stop the idea of stealing IDs, right, or f- fake IDs. Right, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I think most people would like to get rid of some stuff in their wallet and get it into a yeah. device like this, you know. And uh, and the state just wants to be sure that they're, contr- that they're doing their duty, I guess, because yeah. the bottom line here is that the government moves at the speed of frozen molasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Say. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we all understand that. But but yeah. that's okay if they if they don't do their job and, and they move too fast and they're, they're certainly in trouble, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be a handshaking between the two, you know, between Apple and between the state DMVs. You know, in order to say, you know, here's what we need to be able to display this this properly within the wallet, and uh, from Apple's perspective and from the state's perspective, here's what we need to make sure that this is a valid ID and not just a um, you know a, a photo image of somebody's or a knockoff, so that we don't have you know fake IDs out there floating around electronically. Um, but I'm sure that every time you like open up the wallet, one of the issues is going to have to be that this has to ping back to the state's database because, you know, these IDs expire and, uh, and, and you want to verify that, you know, it's, it's a valid working ID when you do that. So, um, you know, there's got to be some sort of, uh, check in every so often. Here's the interesting, uh, thing that they offer that they can tell the state is that, Hey, would you like to know when somebody is driving with an invalid driver's license? Yeah, that's uh-huh. a possibility too. You know, those the right. exactly those are now smart. Well, and and you know, as you as a driver, would you like your system to pop up and tell you, hey, by the way, your driver's license is expiring in in you know sixty days? You might want right. to get get in and get it updated, or pay the money, or whatever. Go online and upgrade. Or how about click a button here and upgrade? 
and you know, and then they'll come back and tell you if you need to come in and get it, you know, retest or or get your eyes checked or whatever the deal is that various DMVs, or they'll just issue you a new one. You know, um, yeah. I mean, once you're an established driver and you have a clean record for a period of time, most states yeah. I think just send you the new new ID unless you you really want to go in and get your picture taken. Or at my age, they're liable to say, you better get on over to the doctor's office if you want to keep driving. <laughs> yeah, well, or, or they'll say, you know, you've got to come in, you know, come in every year as, as opposed to, you know, used to be you'd come in once every four or five years or six years or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah but it keeps, it's, getting, but that, that keeps getting tighter. Exactly, because they just want to make sure that you're still, you know, have your faculties and can control a vehicle, which is, you know, that's smart. I mean, socially, that's that's probably a, a smart thing to do. You know, and if you've, you know, if you've been in a, uh, uh, you know, if they're aware of any accidents that cause, you know, uh, your might cause uh, you to have an inability to control a vehicle, then they're going to want to verify that that is indeed you're over that and you're doing better. You know, they want yep. people on the, you because, know, you know, you, you think about it until we've got fully driving, uh, self-driving cars, you're, you're driving something that, you know, weighs several tons very fast amongst other people doing the same thing it's 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 yeah, a mistake you, you, mistakes and, are yeah, fatal and, yeah and you too can go down the parade route which you're not supposed to do you know the recent incident oh yeah yeah so, uh, well and you know in reaction times i mean uh you know i things happen you know there's there's people homeless people living and, and people who are, are not mentally stable living living under freeway overpasses and stuff and sometimes they wander well, out onto the roads you know you've got to be able to react quickly yeah but we're, we're moving to a time when things like that uh, uh, can be uh, handled by the car itself cars are going to have to be able to be shut down in some way if, if they're uh, doing something seriously illegal yeah, well, there's, you know, you know a- every future movie ever has that, right? So right. the cops are coming after you, and they, like, target your car and push a button, and your car just goes, <laughs> <You know? laughs> So, yeah. uh, you know, we're not that far away from that capability, and certainly, that you know, we're, we're there's lots of people working on the self-driving aspects of it, too, right? So um, uh, lots of ways to... Um, you know, make it easier for people to get around, even if they're not able to drive the car themselves anymore. And yeah. and as we kind of alluded to in that, you know, previously, also, you don't really need to buy a car. You just pay f- to be part of a service. And when you need the car, you schedule it or you call it and it comes to you. You get in it, presumably after it's been properly cleaned and ventilated. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh you know, the, uh, the only thing I can see with that is I can see just it's going to be all the time um, they're tracking to figure out, like, okay, whose bag is this or whose whose package is this that they left sitting in the car when they got out, and now they're trying to find it, and we're trying to, you know, so they got to call the car back because they left the thing in there and it drove off, and, you know, or maybe it'll be really good about, like, knowing what's in it, right, and it'll just tell you, hey, pick this up, get that off the floor, don't, you know, grab this bag. Uh, and it won't go away until you get all your garbage out of the car. Or I, I, I just decided to leave this bomb for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you never. Yeah. You never know. That's that's going to be a that's a risky business anytime you're isolated in a yeah. vehicle with somebody that you don't know. Yeah. You know. 
Well, I mean, who says it'll be with somebody you don't know? But, you know, you're right. If you, that other guy gets out, I suspect that's what they're probably going to do is they're go- it's going to be very, very sensitive. I mean, they've got sensors right now that they can put under a 13-inch thick mattress and tell your breathing and your heart rate through that mattress. Um, and, you know, they'll have sensors in this car, so they'll know if you left a package on the floor or on the chair, and they've got cameras in there, so they'll know. And the car will just say, you know, it'll actually, you know, won't won't drive away and it'll talk to you and say, hey, you left something on the on the shelf here or you left something there, you know. And right. and so you won't be able to leave things in the car for the next person unless maybe it's a, you know, a bad smell. And hopefully they'll, like I said, sanitize that. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've got yeah. I, I, I know some people who wear enough perfume that I wouldn't want to be in the car after they've been sitting there for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. so all kinds of interesting problems when you deal with people. Isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the, the great unknown is dealing with human beings. Right. So, uh, um, Hey, so we, we, uh, saw something just before we went on the air that, uh, Apple is now going to do what they've been doing with their phones. They're going to allow you to pay a flat monthly fee and basically be in the laptop upgrade program. So if you, uh, if you're using the the bottom end machine, which presumably is at least currently is a MacBook Air, uh, it starts at thirty dollars a month, and when new models come out, then you can upgrade. You just you just keep paying your thirty dollars a month. Now that bumps all the way up to about seventy five dollars a month for a sixteen inch MacBook Pro, and my guess is that's you know for their base configurations. So, like, if you go, or there are ready, ready-made configurations. Because if you go to the um, Apple site and look at, you know, you can you can customize stuff any way you want. But they have ready-made versions of stuff. For instance, with the um, the uh, the MacBook Pros, they have a um, a 14 and a 16 inch, and for the 14 inch. There, the base one is an eight-core CPU, fourteen-core GPU, sixteen gigabyte of memory, and five twelve gigabyte of storage. And then they also have a pre-made ten-core CPU, sixteen-core GPU, sixteen gigabyte and terabyte of storage. Um, and so, you know, you can get those, and that's what they have sitting in the stores now. If you want one that has, you know, two terabytes of storage or thirty-two gigabytes of memory or something like that then that has to be special ordered because they don't keep those in the stores. But they have these ready-to-purchase, ready-made setups, and those are, the yep. two, those are the two that they have. My guess is that those are the ones that they will also do this, this service with. Like if you want a custom one, you won't be able to, to pay a monthly fee and keep getting the equivalent custom one made up. But uh, but maybe I'm wrong. But I, my guess is that's what they're going to do because they know they've got these other ones in stock, and that's how they keep them. So I, I, I'm sure they're catering to businesses who like to just do things on a monthly basis and not have to worry about all yeah. of the bookkeeping and all of that. So basically what it amounts to is when they're done with one of these notebooks, they probably push a reset button. And uh, with the speed of these processors today, I'm sure you can reset your thing in less than a minute now and yeah. uh, well, hand and- it over to Apple, you know. As of the uh, Mojave version of the operating system, the Mac now, Mac OS now has a, a reset 
function. Previously, it did not. And so now you do that, and it basically puts it right back into as-purchased state, erases everything off the system, all of your uh, data and everything. So, you know, you want to make sure you have it all backed up first because if you want to put it back onto a new machine, uh, yeah. you know, or clone it over to a new machine. But, yeah, so they exactly that's what they have. And, and that it makes sense that now that that's, that function was put into – uh, Mac OS Monterey so that they could then do this because it makes it quick and easy to just clear it. And in fact, I'm sure if you take it in to turn it in at the Apple store, they'll have you log in, walk you through how to clear it and say, okay, now it's completely erased. And that way, you know, you see that all of your stuff has been wiped off of that machine and, uh, and they don't have to worry about it. But yep. uh, yeah, you're right. I think largely this is going to be appealing to businesses and small businesses because, they don't like capital expenses if they don't have to capitalize stuff, um, especially if, if it's something that's going to get upgraded, you know, every so often anyway. They would rather just have a, uh, a standard reoccurring expense that they can count on, that they know exactly how much it's going to be, and they can just allocate that cost then to a, you know, uh, specific uh, income source, right? They like to be able yeah. to tie... You know, this cost goes to this project, and uh, if you could just do that on a monthly basis and say, well, the 30 bucks that we spend every month for this laptop goes to Bob, who writes, you know, uh, yeah. you know, marketing text for for this particular company, you know, and I, uh, I, I wish I had known that you were going to put this uh, on to talk about today because I did mm-hmm. see another article that's seemingly related in my mind, and that is that it says that uh, the uh, Windows operating system is not currently installable on the M1 machines. Right. Uh, and uh, and but that sort of implies that it will be. But then MacBook or uh, uh, whoever. Anyway, the the article reminded you that you could you could do it today if you had one of those uh, uh, emulation. Right. It? Parallels or, is one of the ones parallels, that it's it. probably yeah. the most popular of them. And Parallels allows you to run Windows apps directly on the current M1 machine. So if you have a a, a Windows app, I used to have a, a Windows app that had been written in um, uh, Visual Basic and used an Access database. And it was the only way for me to do registrations for swim meets. And it was only Windows-based, and I didn't want to run Windows. And so I kept Parallels on machines for years uh, because that was the only way I could do entries for swim meets and as a swim coach i had to do that so um, i eventually switched to a company that provided an online solution so i could just do it from any browser and uh and got rid of that software and quit loading parallels and windows onto my macs um, because it was just that one app that i ran everything else that i needed i ran in in you know but it was a a, a custom app that had gotten adopted as the standard and you know nothing you can do about it that's you've got to have that yeah. app for a long but time. My, 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 my point of uh, bringing that up is that uh, I'm, I'm expecting that Apple will, in fact, support installation of Windows on their machine and maybe will even do it for you yeah. uh, when you want to rent the machine. You know, it, it's possible. Uh, you know, they've they've often I mean, they've for, for years when they had Intel based machines, they had the um, uh, boot camp, which would allow you to you know, boot your your machine up into whatever operating systems were compatible, but they sort of left it up to the people who made the operating systems to make compatible versions or something that would work uh, and right. make sure they had drivers and stuff. 
And so Windows, you know, worked fine in boot camp, as did several flavors of Linux, and people would do that. Uh, and in fact, I remember at one point in time, uh, prior to Apple's, you know, getting so thin that their keyboards didn't work, uh, that the Mac, MacBook Pros were suggested by PC Mag as the best laptops to run Windows on, which was mm-hmm. hilarious. That that you know that the best hardware to run Windows on was a was an Apple product, but uh, uh, you know that faded away when they started getting funky with their with their uh, keyboards well, and stuff that didn't yeah. had problems. But um, yeah, I, I expect it. In fact, I seem to remember, and I don't have it in front of me to prove it to me, but I'm pretty sure that shortly after the first M1s were announced, the original uh, MacBook Air and the 13-inch MacBook Pro that was announced with the uh, original M1, that Apple came out and said there will be a version of Windows that will be compatible with that because they already have a version of Windows that runs on an ARM chip, so it runs on the underlying architecture uh, yeah. because that when Apple uses that in some of their um, uh, tablet computers, you know. Uh, so. Right. So yeah, it, you know, you know, the Surface it, computers are ARM-based. Yeah. Some of them. It, it it won't quite have the speed of the uh, of any of the programs from Apple, though. You can be sure of that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna it's not gonna be as fine tuned to the hardware because you know Microsoft doesn't control the hardware, so they will use whatever hooks are given to them in order to make it work. And I'm sure they're in the process of porting it over. You know, just uh, you know taking the version that already runs on ARM and saying, okay, what do we need to do? The downside of that is is that a lot of the software that runs on or Windows runs on ARM won't run the bulk of the Windows software that was originally written for Intel. And so in historically, you know, you could run Windows on ARM, but it was slow and it it uh, and I think they fixed the slow piece. It's not as slow as it used to be even though their processors, you know, the generic processors, uh, ARM processors that they use, mostly from Qualcomm, I believe, um, are, uh, you know, not as fast as the Apple processors. But they also, um, you know, weren't fully compatible with all app, uh, with all Windows software. You know, they, they were compatible right. with Microsoft software, like Microsoft Office and stuff worked fine on them. But, yeah. you know, if you wanted to run Adobe Photoshop in Windows on ARM, uh, Adobe's not made a version of Photoshop that runs in Windows on ARM. They've not done that. So in this case, you'd be much better off just running Adobe Photoshop on Apple's operating system on ARM because Adobe has done that. So Yeah. Anyway, uh, to kind of wrap up here, I think another thing to mention is in the news is that now people are expecting the uh, uh, big seller which has always been the MacBook Air, to be the next big thing to watch out for because uh, that will probably pick up all the design, hardware design features that that they have in the pros. Yeah. Uh, and in that you have some more uh, jacks and things like that, uh, but also have an M2 processor. They'll introduce the next uh, stage of what's going on. And the only issue is when will that be released? Yeah. Uh, some people are saying as far as, as late as September next year, I don't think it'll last that long. I expect it'll be around when they have uh, the big uh, 
what's that co software conference uh, the developers conference in june that's probably that's probably yeah that's probably where they'll announce it it may not ship until later i don't know if i agree though because that's not a pro app and or pro hardware and if they introduce any hardware at the worldwide developers conference it's almost always pro stuff there so i expect that that's where you're going to see the 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 mac pro the the standalone mac pro that'll yeah. be on the m architecture will be there and that's you know what seven months away at this point um i think that it will either be in the spring or it'll be in the fall when school starts because that's a major major target for uh apple's uh macbooks their macbook airs is students and so i think i think the september time maybe late august like before they do the apple uh, the iphone event but I, mm -hmm. I, you know, but that they want to catch people going to school, and a lot of people start school in August, so I can see them wanting to do that, um, or or it might be in the spring, and that way they've got you know a full head of steam. But all of that's sort of dependent on parts shortages starting to sort of ease up a little bit. Yeah, that's an issue. Yeah. So. But I think that that it, the the summer thing. You know, when they when they they don't always introduce hardware there at all, uh, but if they do, it's usually pro hardware. It's you know the the MacBook Pro, the the uh, the uh, uh, iMac Pro, which mm -hmm. they haven't done. They haven't announced that yet either. There's the presumption is that we're going to see a a new uh, larger iMac. You know, because right now they've got a 24 inch new iMac running on M1 hardware. And then if you want the larger 27-inch one, you run on Intel. And so you know that larger one's got to be replaced because they're still selling the Intel one. So it's just a matter of when. And uh, some people are thinking that that would have been introduced at the same time as these new uh, MacBooks would have been introduced because it's probably going to use the same kind of processor. But that, again, it was the part shortage, and they sell a lot more laptops than they do desktops. And so they decided to announce the laptops and let the desktop wait. Did did you notice how a lot of the Black Friday uh, Apple stuff was uh, Intel hardware? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there the, obviously that stuff's being discounted heavily. There was some M1 stuff too, like they the new um, 14 inch. I saw fifty dollars off, but but uh, that's, you know that's trembling. Yeah, fifty dollars is not much in the scheme of things. You know, twenty seven hundred dollar or twenty three hundred dollar laptop. Because of the vast difference in the pro prices and the and the MacBook Air is why mm -hmm. that you're going to see more and more articles uh, addressing the Air because that's what more people are uh, can yeah. afford, you know. Oh yeah, and it, well, and it's just it's by far and away the one that people buy. I mean, it's you know you can start at nine ninety nine for a basic machine that's faster than anything <laughs> you've ever had before, and right. and not and not by a small margin. And so, you know, for a lot of people, that's absolutely the right computer, you know, yep. uh, you know, unless you really, really, really have to have built in ports on the side of it. But, you know, you look at the premium that you pay for those built in ports, you literally double your price. Well, you go, that's why I'm that's why I'm thinking and, and so are other people that they're going to add some of those features into the MacBook Air as well. Yeah, the the before they started going to the. um Everything runs off of like one C port. Uh, the MacBook Airs used to have an SD card slot on them and an HDMI port on them and and MagSafe. And so, 
you know, those are things that were all added into the new pros. I, I think you're right. I think we'll see those show, show up in the, in the next version of the air. And rumors have, have it that the next version of the air is going to be shaped and look a little bit more like the pros and not that wedgy shape that it's been for years. But I don't know. That's been such a distinguishing shape for them. Um, yeah. I suspect you'll get the notch at the top, though. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, since we spoke last, and uh, I have that memory, a hard drive, solid-state hard drive oh. thing that uh, we talked about. Right. And, and it's really wonderful. The only thing that uh, was surprised me is that uh, I cannot replace the USB A with the USB three or C, whatever it says C three, yeah, with the C. Uh-huh. Uh, it doesn't work with C at all. You've got to have the old USB B port. Okay, that's interesting. And you, it comes out of the drive as a C, okay, uh-huh. which is wired then to the A. Uh, but you can't you can't change it, you know. So I can't plug it directly into my computer now, which has only the C. Are you, you know? are you sure? Do you have an, uh, a USB C to USB C that is a data cord? Because some USB Cs are power only, and so as long I, as you have a data cord, it should work. I don't see why it would matter. If how it's, do you know if it's data or power? Well, if it came with your power, if it came with your power brick from from Apple, it's power. The oh, data okay. one, the, the, that's all they include. So, if you want one that does power and data, then you have to buy that separately from Apple. But like when you go to Apple, uh, Apple's website and and uh, uh, and get it. Wait, that's you, a good point. That's a good point. It didn't occur to me. I'll I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, go to Apple's website and you can do a search for products and just type in USB-C data, and uh, and they'll list cables and they sell theirs as well as um, others. So, in, but so any so any charging cable, even if it came with an iPad, is probably just power only. Right. And a, and Apple sells it for twenty bucks. They call it the USB-C charge cable. Is it one meter? Is uh, twenty bucks. But if you want a USB-C uh, data cable. I'm trying to see if I can find that one. Let's see. They've got a Thunderbolt three cable for thirty nine bucks, but that's different than than a USB C data cable. You know, and they've got a whole bunch of. Um, so uh, here's one. It's a Belkin one. That's a um, thirty bucks for it. Hmm. So I'm, I'm spend, going to spend a. Uh, as, almost as much money for the cable as I did for the storage. <laughs> Probably. Well, they presumed that you already had one, and you know, you didn't. Well, see, there was a there was another choice. I could just get a plug-in uh, USB-C, right? A memory stick on, on with a USB-C. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't a separate, you know. Memory uh, device, as as mine is, you know, with a cord on it. Yeah, yeah. All of the data cables seem to be thirty to forty dollars. The C to C. The charge cables are twenty. Well, if I'm going to spend that kind of money, I'll just go out and get uh, one that's got direct. I don't have to worry about the cable. I just yeah. want to plug plug it in in the C. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to me. 
Okay. Well, anyway, that that's that's answers uh, my question at least partially until I verify it. But you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. I, the reason I thought of that is I've read several other people have run into that same problem where they get, they go to uh, to use their cable and they're like, oh, wait a minute, that's not the right connector. <laughs> or it, and the thing is, is it looks exactly the same. So you really don't know what you got. Yeah, that, that's a bad deal. You know what? Yeah. It's really a well, bad and idea. In, well, and in it's, fact, it, it's, it gets even worse because, as I mentioned, you can also buy a Thunderbolt 3 cable that looks exactly yeah. like a USB-C cable, but it's different and wired differently. And on your computer, your USB-C port is not Thunderbolt 3 compatible. It is on some of the bigger machines, but on that one, it's USB-C only. So if you got a Thunderbolt cable and plugged it in there, which, by the way, is even more expensive, um, it wouldn't work. Huh. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, USB-C is wonderful in a lot of ways because it means that we have one port plug that can do a lot of things. But the downside is is that... Is There's the, three of them. Yeah. There's three different uh, technologies that use that same the, exact the, connector. And... And they don't identify them clearly on the cables, and there's no, like, standard marking that goes on the cables that says this is the way it is. Right. Jeez, that's terrible. That, in fact, that's upsetting. It's so terrible. They should not do that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess, uh, you know, I don't have a problem. I ran it through my adapter. Other than the fact I got to have the stupid adapter there, you know, again. But I, I've used it on both computers. On, on, in a way, it was good because I could use it on my old MacBook Pro, two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, I oh, while we're on that, I tell you, I learned more stuff about what really has happened uh, because of having uh, well. Uh, the cloud memory storage and and having that availability and, and automatic backup capability, uh, the business of trying to back up what you've got onto a hard drive is very, very confusing because you really end up going through to the cloud because a lot of what's wrong with my hard, solid state drive on my um, uh, uh, MacBook Pro is first of all, it's because it's full, and a lot of what it's full of are links to the cloud. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when you un- unknowingly uh, link something, uh, or you find a file and it happens to be linked to the cloud, uh, you can be getting it off of another computer. Okay. Yeah. So, so. Uh, Basically, what the cloud does is it tries to normalize everything so that everything that's available on any computer that's connected to that account is on the cloud. And therefore, everybody tries to look like the cloud, even if they don't have enough memory space. And therefore, if you have an old machine with not enough memory space on it, it gets overwhelmed and overfilled to where it's useless. Okay, so every machine you buy has to be bigger than the last 
to be sure you can get everything there, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then ultimately you're going to block out any machine. You po- have the possibility of blocking out any machine with less memory. Interesting. Well, I never thought about that, but you're right. I mean, if your if your backup is is you know forty gigs and and your machine holds thirty gigs, then you can't restore that backup on that machine, right? So you've always got to have as much or more storage space. Um, right. Although you could before you know before if you know you're you're switching machines, you could um, uh, you know do a real good house cleaning on your machine before you then. Uh, back it up so that you you get a compact compact backup and i'll tell you that if you have if you if you have a lot of apps that you've downloaded from the app store so the you know i I mean i know a lot of us you know download apps from other locations but if the majority of your apps are from the app store it doesn't record that or it doesn't back that up what it does is it just puts a little hook into it and says pull it back from the app store because we've already got a copy of that in the cloud right Right, I, I'm I'm aware of that, but that you're talking about if you let Apple back back it up for you in a backup copy. Now I'm not talking about Apple backup. I'm talking about moving files over to a hard drive. Like I got that little two terabyte hard drive, and I right. said, "Huh, I'll just back up all the real programs from my old MacBook Pro." Uh, and it wasn't the programs I was interested in so much as as I wanted every photo and other things that were on it, uh-huh. doc, documents and so forth, that I didn't have on my other computer. Well, first of all, I have a, a big problem just distinguishing what computer it came from when I'm trying to do the backup. You know, you can select a file, and down at the bottom it's got this uh, names of the whole tree of linkage okay, from but- the root all the way up to something, and you can back up, and finally you can find the computer. Well, as soon as you got to that computer nomenclature, now you know where it came from. Okay, but if you if you copy something, you know, you plug it into computer A and you copy it off of computer A, you know which computer it came from. Uh, well, it's plugged into A. That's the one it came off of, not B. I'll tell you, I backed up stuff off of my new MacBook, just MacBook. Your little MacBook, right? Uh, yeah, and and I copied them uh, onto a hard drive that was on that MacBook. But I, uh, I'm sorry, I I copied them onto a hard drive that was on my MacBook Pro. Okay, but they came from my MacBook. How did you do that? You have the two computers connected together? No. Well, they're connected together at the cloud. Through your okay. well, not through the cloud, just through your network locally. No, it actually says through the cloud. You, you could, I can find files on there that came from both different computers. On on my where are you finding I, this? I'm finding them when I say all files on the file finder. You click that and you get all files, everything it has access to, including the cloud. Okay, and if I click anything like documents or or uh, photos or anything like that, I get virtually nothing because it's the memory's full and it won't let me do any of those. But I can find them. I can find them through that all files thing. I can find them. 
but they won't come up under like they're supposed to normally uh, under the the breakouts. You know the documents. I don't even know where all files is. I'm looking at browse my browser right now, and I don't see all files anywhere. I don't know what you're looking at. <laughs> I have oh, no idea. Oh well, I don't have one in front of me here. Uh, it'd take too long to do that. Yeah, and it, yeah. There, it's clear at the, on the column on the left, clear right. at the top, the very thing at the top. Maybe I'm saying it wrong, but what does that say? Favorites, iCloud Drive shared. Then it's locations. Favorites. Aisha. No, something's wrong. Yeah, so at the top of favorites, I have AirDrop, recents, applications on my Mac, pictures. I don't know. No. There's. Uh, the first word under the red dot is the word favorites for me, and underneath that is AirDrop, then recents, then applications. You're, you're on a MacBook? I'm on a Mac Mini. A Mac Mini. Should be the same. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not in a position to turn any of my computers on, so I can't, I really can't. Uh, well, I'll, I'll figure it out what it is and get back to you later. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I just I'm trying to understand what it is you're seeing because I I just I, I've never had a complication by you know if I put something onto an external drive, it I know where I got it from. I put it on the external drive, and if I want to keep it separate from other stuff on that drive, I put it in a folder saying it came from this device, so I know where it is. Yeah. Well, that's all very confusing now, I... given a, that 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 my old MacBook is 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 full of memories full. So how you find stuff with memory pool condition may be uh, well, what's causing all this. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, none of no operating system works particularly well if you don't leave it any space in which to operate with. So as you yeah. get close to filling up your hard drive, the whole thing kind of uh, becomes uh, kind of hinky, you know. Um, yeah. And so I have an app that I, I use and I keep on all of my devices. I bought it uh, through the um, App Store called Daisy Disk. And it allows you to select and see where all – it basically just gives you this big giant pie chart. But it lets you see where all of your – you know, you can float your mouse over it and tells you what files those are, where, where all, what's using all your space. And it makes it real easy for you to go in and say, oh, hey, I don't need that. Or I didn't realize that was still on my machine, you know, like, you know, if you've downloaded some movies or something, something easy for you to go and delete off there and give yourself a couple gigabytes back. Um, yeah. So you have a little bit of room to work. And it has saved me on more than one occasion. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, I, I basically know what happened to my my old device. It it ran out of memory because of the existence of cloud. I don't understand how that works at all. the The existence of cloud should do nothing but take things off of your machine and and allow and and just put stubs and move things up to the memory especially for all your photos. Yeah. Cuz if you go to photos, you know, you have the option of of selecting um the uh keep uh, originals, what is it? I'm trying to find the right language here. It's uh you know, optimize max storage. And so what it'll do is it'll put the full resolution photos and videos um, on the cloud and then just put thumbnails on your device other than your favorites. Your favorites, it always keeps on your device because presumably you use those more regularly. Yeah, yeah. But Well, 
yeah, I don't well, understand how the cloud well, anyway. suddenly makes your space full. But but <laughs> when it gets to the cloud, photos, regardless of where they came from, end up on, you know, or at least having links on your computer. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying that by there's most of my photos were put on my my current MacBook, you know, and it's and and I even worry about that running out of memory at some point. I know that I've I've got way more than the memory of available memory on that machine. Storage space. Storage space. You know. You right. Know. Uh, and it's only because of cloud. And I said, well, how long can this go on before I get in the same condition that I got on my other one? Yeah, you know, what happens when you when you are using nothing but thumbnails on your device because the full file is up in the cloud and it still fills up? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a little concerned right now. The whole MacBook thing is up in the air as far as I'm concerned, uh, especially if you got more than one. You know, hmm. I'd like to rescue my old MacBook uh, and just use it without the cloud. I just don't want to turn it on there. Yeah, I don't, want it I, I, I don't understand your aversion to the cloud thing. I think I, I, I think you're misunderstanding what's going on because, I mean, I have a laptop, a desktop, um, another desktop, an iPad, and an iPhone, and they all store the video. They, they share and synchronize the, the photos through iCloud, and I don't have any problems. And I don't and I and and I don't see it causing any problems. I don't understand how you've decided that that's what the problem is. It's it's confusing me. <laughs> I'm not sure that I have a full explanation of what I tried to tell you about, but it's a, yeah, it's a I, damn mess. Either I misunder, I, I misheard, or missed part of what you said, or or because I just don't understand what the issue, how you you seem very frustrated yeah. about something that to me doesn't seem frustrating at all and doesn't seem like it's a problem. Well, there may, there it, may be a problem, but it seems to me like you've misallocated where the problem is based on what you're telling me, at least what, from what I've been able to hear. No, so. I, uh, that that isn't even the worst of it. Apple has lost over time a lot of my photos. Hmm. Okay, Apple's done. They that. have. It's not they you. They have done. Apple's that. done it. Yeah. What's up on the cloud? You know. Are you sure? <laughs> or yeah. maybe it's not well, on the was, cloud now. <laughs> well, well, it was supposed to be, but mostly it, it occurred during the transition between me dot com. That's how uh -huh. I started out. It was that me thing, which right. was a pseudo cloud initially. Uh, and then when they became iCloud, there was something they did then. And I had a whole bunch of files that were, I have duplicates on CDs and DVDs right. uh, that I had loaded up. And a lot of those have disappeared. Now, fortunately, I have backups of those. But yeah. those those are the files that I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, and those are the very things that they're saying should be um, allow you to do, uh, you know, eventually make available to people. Right through the um, through the what are they calling that the the uh, when you when you pass you leave like a way right. for people to get to your stuff. Although right. if you read into that, it's kind of a pain. Virtually nobody's going to know how to do that. You know, you're going to have to find yeah. somebody who's a techie who's the um, to 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 leave you know your keys to because that's the only way that because <laughs> you have to you have to literally you have to not only have the person's birth date and their proof of death. But you also have to have this special pin code that you can either print out or email to them that they then will give to Apple. And then Apple will then send them a code to be able to get your iCloud account to, like, download uh, who photo, are, who photos. Are, and 
Who who are them? You're talking about Apple and somebody whom, whom, else. Whomever you've designated as your person oh. to unlock. And what I'm saying is, you know, if I were to designate my wife, that stuff's gone forever because she's never going to get it. <laughs> she's not going to do it. She's not going to know how to get all that crap. You know, um, it would be it's it's like. They, Apple, in order to make sure that it's you know that, that they're being secure. safe and secure yeah. about stuff, have made you have to jump through several hoops to get to this stuff, and uh. um, yeah, it is not going to happen like right away. And if there's something you need right away, don't don't leave it locked up on your computer because they have to, the person to get to it can't get to it till they actually have a certified death certificate, which takes the local authorities usually some time to do. So sure. if there, you know if there's anything you have on your computer that you know that your family's going to need like right away by god don't don't wait for them to to be able to do that you know give your spouse the password and just say here get into my stuff ah <laughs> uh, yeah i think that's easier you know i <laughs> mo- I, I was going to say most people that i know their spouse knows each other's passwords anyway cuz it's you know right. you use you use a very small circle of passwords i know it's incredibly insecure and not the way the security people ever do it but you know, it's something memorable, and it's usually something stupid like children's or pets' names or birthdays, and and you know, you know each other's, and that's. By by, by, by the way, how would you feel if you got a, uh, an email from Apple that says uh, some of your passwords got compromised, and here's a list of things that are on your websites that are uh, use that same password, and it's like sixty or a hundred uh, websites. Now, what would you do with that? Yeah, you know, I use a um I use Apple's um uh password manager and it always like asks you if you want to use this ridiculously long password. And yeah. so a while back because I started getting notices from um not from Apple but from websites when I would log into them and say, "Hey, you know, this password has been identified as one that was, you know, in a leak, whether it be, you know, Target got has gotten hit a couple times and other places." Yeah. And I used the same one in a lot of places which I know is completely bad. Um but so I went through and let Apple create long passwords for a bunch of them. But then for some of them, like for some of the video places, the, the video um, the streaming services, I went yeah. back and took out the long password and put in something I could remember because those bozos ask for your stupid password about every 15th time you log in. So, you know, it's like uh. a, a couple times a month you have to go put your password in again. And if it's, you know, TV XYZ 17 3 exclamation point hashtag 514 8AZ, you know, I don't remember all that crap. And quite Those, frankly, I said, if somebody steals this and they're watching a TV or a movie because, you know, uh, I, they figured out my password, more power to them. <laughs> That's my how, feeling. How, how many times have you tried to let Apple use their password and they slap your hand and say, you have invalid characters, we can't use that? Yeah. Um, actually, you know what? I've, I don't know that I've ever had that happen. I think Apple does a pretty good job of knowing what works. You know, like when they want to put a password in, they seem to tailor it to whatever the maximum length is acceptable for that website and and the right number of characters. You know, like because some places don't want you to use – some places require that you have a capitalized letter and a number and a non uh, – yeah non-letter character others you know are like oh it's got to be 10 characters and you're not allowed to use any non-letter characters and others you know they all have their own rules and i've never had apple apple's well, suggested I, I password have. barf you have, have. okay yes. yeah so, anyway. i've not had that happen but i've i've found that it's you know there are certain things where you have to put the password in and you know the a- apple's password thing works great except it doesn't work very well 
if I'm using, like, say, an Apple TV and I don't have my phone handy, so I'm using the Apple TV remote. You know, because if you use your phone, oh. you can use your oh, Face yeah. ID and it'll autofill it for you. But if you're right. using the remote, it doesn't. And it's like, okay, that means that this particular thing doesn't need to have a complex uh, password. It has to have a memorable one. So I've kind of tried to use common sense and said, well, some of the things that are, um, you know, like like I don't want, like the password to my Amazon account, I would rather that be relatively complex because people can go in and buy stuff and ship it off to places. Although, you know, I control who does and doesn't, sh you know, what the shipping addresses and stuff are. Um, yeah. But the... Um, the, you know, like a, a, a streaming service. It's like, well, all, all being equal, I just assume not, you know, I don't go like posting my password so people can do that. I want to meet my obligations of keeping that stuff, you know, to me because I'm paying for it, right? Uh, sure. That's part of the service agreement. But I'm not going to make it so complex that I have to go look it up every time they ask for it because they ask for it too much. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I mean, on, on, on a variety of streaming services on Netflix or HBO or I, I regularly, Hello. you know, Disney plus I'm here. I regularly get yeah. them asking me for the stupid password. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, multiple times a month it asks me for the password and it yeah. infuriates wow. my wife because what I end up getting is a text saying, you know, come here and put the dumb password in. <laughs> and any, anyway, since I've had that long list of warnings about passwords, I haven't done a thing. Yeah. And I'm I, I it's back of my brain, but I figured that it's probably two or three days of work to go yeah. through that many things and try to change things. Yeah. Cuz what they're basically and, saying is go to each one of those locations and change the password. And yeah. what I would I would do is I would go and look at it and say cuz if there's that many of them, how many of them are actually like affecting you, right? How many yeah. of them give somebody access to using your money, right? Those right. I would change. Obviously, you want to change those right away, but yeah. you know if it's access to a website that asked for a password because they wanted you to sign up, and it's stupid, it's like, well, fine, I don't care if that's been stacked. I don't, you know, because there are some pass some websites you go in and they want you to, you know, to sign up just to see the page that you're trying to look at, and then you may never even go back to that website, but they want to yeah. do that because then they get your email and all that junk, so they force you to sign up, and you know if if they've if they've been hacked, I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's right. like, yeah, yeah. You want you want to look at the Newsday site? Go ahead. Well, well, that's the first thing I do is just look at the website and see if I even know what the hell it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it is it? You know, some of these are like things I looked at one time six six years ago. I could care less. Yeah. You know. In fact, I'm more likely to say, is there a way for me to delete my account? I, I don't want to change the password. Just just get rid of me. Ignore me. <laughs> Pretend like I don't exist, please. Erase right. me from your system. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a pain. You know, and it's really, I don't think people realize how many different things out there that they've got logins and passwords for. You know, it, it is, yeah. it's it's stunning. I mean, you know, you can go to the password manager on your, um, on your browser and see how many passwords. How many? Exactly. Yeah. It's and a, it's and a, you're like, there's a ton of them you know I, I i thinking about all this stuff online it's just totally getting out of control again I've, yeah I, I i've got so the only thing that i struggle to keep clean and that i do by getting rid of the old the bad messages and stuff 
is my texting, you know, because that's quite quick and works. Yeah. Email is just, just totally gone. I have thousands of emails. Yeah. Thousands. And, you know, I, I you know, I, I have to start over with a whole new account and trash that one. And I hate yeah. to do that, you know, but if you don't keep up with it, it's useless, too. Yeah. Well, and something else I'm looking at here, I'm looking at my password list right now on on my Mac. And yes, it's it's bajillions of them long. And a lot of these I could just go in there and say, just delete it. I don't want it. I, in fact, but but deleting your, you know, deleting it out of this list doesn't delete. I, I need to go to their website and and delete my account if there's a way to do it. But um, the tons and tons of these, you know, it's got a little sign next to them, the ones that are compromised and have been reused in multiple places. And so they say they're worried about that. But um the the um, other thing I've noticed is almost every single website I have two, if not three or four passwords for. Oh yeah, you don't. They ch- you change the password, but it didn't ta- get rid of the old one. Right. right. Well, yeah, yeah. So what happens? Or or I've come back to it at different times and couldn't remember what it was, so made a new account. And so I have multiple accounts oh. for a lot of these places. I mean, it's well, like. You, you, Usually, if you use the same uh, email, which they always want, uh, then they won't let you create another account. This account is already in use. Right, but I've got multiple emails. Oh. I've I've always had multiple emails. By the way, the email thing, I found something that works pretty well for me. Unfortunately, it's not free. I think it's $100 a year to subscribe to it. But I uh, I pay for a subscription email service called hey hey.com and they kind of work things a little differently but when you so when you first use it, it it requires a little bit of work but um everything when you get a new email it goes into a screener it's, it's like a, a screen where where you go through and you you can easily just say you know thumbs up thumbs down keep it or don't keep it or you can tag it as spam and I go through that, and so that, and and then everything that I keep goes into an inbox, or they call it inbox because it's important. Um, and you have the option of sending things to the feed, which is any kind of newsletter, daily newsletters, things like that. And another one's paper trail, any kind of receipts that you get from places. So when you yeah. get a brand new thing in, you can say, put it in my inbox, put it in the feed, or put it in the paper trail, or I don't want to see it. And those, and. and and it does a really good job of filtering that stuff so that now my actual emails are actually emails I want to see for the most part. Now, when I get new ones from new places, I sometimes have to go in and fuss with them. What are you doing? What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're like you're rolling around in something. I hear all this this like shuffling and scrubbing, scraping and stuff. <laughs> oh, I have it in my hand. I picked this thing up for some reason and I'm just fiddling fidgeting uh. with it. Yeah, it's it's it sounds like like when my dog lays down on the ground on his back and likes wiggling back and forth to scratch himself. That's what like what are you doing? No, uh, I, was, I was you're right. I was rubbing my finger on the case, which is rough. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like what the heck is that sound? So anyway, uh, yeah, passwords and websites and all that junk is a pain. But I found that the hay mail uh, uh, works pretty now, well. 
is that just get in front of your other email account or it's a whole new system? So it's a whole new system, but what I did is I went to my other email accounts and forwarded all my email here. So this is the interface that I use to get all my email, and I just ignore the other ways, and I go to Hey. And it's an app on my phone, and it's a web page on my browser on my desktop. And I get my email all from here, and it filters it the way I want to filter it. And you could set up a regular email client to do all this, but here it's all built in and done easily for you. So it makes it real easy to go in and just tag, tag, tag new stuff and say, move this here. And so you just leave everything in the inbox um, and, you know, it works yeah. well for me. It works well for me. And I've gotten rid of every once in a while I'll have to go say there's something that's that I had approved at one time and now it's become an annoyance. And so I open it, click on their on the email address and then reroute it and say, okay, now move all this junk over here. Cause I'm tired of seeing this stuff. You know, there are companies that you start, you know, you say, okay, yes, I want this information. And at yeah. first, at first it's just like, okay, cool. I'm getting this information. But then at some point you're like, wait a minute, what used to be a once weekly update on what something I was interested in is now three times a day. <laughs> and it's like, right. I, I don't want this anymore. It's now annoying me. So I go in yeah. and, and change it because that's yeah. happened more than once. Yeah. But. Okay. Well, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> All right. Well, I will um, end it. Let's, give mom a call. Yeah. I'll let me wrap this up. Let's get our our uh, our uh, play out music queued up here, and we will say goodbye. Thank you again for joining us for Generation Tech. I know we went a little. A little wiggly there at the end on a couple different things, but uh, we appreciate your listening. And, again, check out our other podcasts, Two Minute Tech and Two for Brew, on the shackoutback.studio network. We'll see you next week. Bye, Dad. Bye, Todd.